the Design Arc podcast, a show that focuses on interior design while simultaneously following my journey as a university student majoring in the same. My name is Chaitali and I will be your host for this podcast. So for today's podcast episode, I thought we could talk a little bit about anthropometry, ergonomics and the recent design trends. So without any further delay, let's begin. One of the first things we learn as designers is the value of understanding anthropometry and ergonomics in our designs. Anthropometry is a study that refers to the measurements and proportions of the human body. In simple terms, it is learning the structure, the abilities and the limitations of the human body. So now you might ask, why is learning anthropometry important for interior design? Well, without understanding the human body, how do we design a comfortable space for it? The underlying principle of anthropometrics is that building designs should adapt to suit to the human body rather than people having to adapt to suit to the buildings. The use of anthropometrics in building design aims to ensure that every person is comfortable as possible. In practical terms, this means that the dimensions must be appropriate, ceilings high enough, doorways and hallways wide enough. Take for example, you are designing a home for a client who is roughly around 6 feet, which is the average height of a male. You design a door which has a height of 60 inches, which is 5 feet, without understanding the anthropometrics of your client. The client would not find it comfortable to use as he might have to bend down quite a lot to pass through the door. Now imagine this not being one door but being all the doors in the house. The client would definitely be impacted by it as he would have to bend all the time causing him back pain and difficulty in performing everyday tasks that require to move between rooms. This is an ineffective and poorly planned design. What if this was a public space which is to be used by a crowd of people? A door height of 60 inches would impact a large part of the community as many of the people using the space would have to bend to pass through which would make it highly uncomfortable. It would not be a universal design. A universal design is defined by Google as the design and composition of an environment so that it could be accessed, understood and used to the greatest extent possible by all people regardless of their age, size, ability or disability. If an environment is accessible, usable, convenient and a pleasure to use, everyone benefits. This not only applies to the design of a space but also to products. Designing in a way that provides for the needs of all human beings is considered to be a good design. In interior design, we follow a set of rules called building codes, which vary from country to country based on the requirements of the people living in the country to help us achieve a universal design. According to building codes, in both commercial buildings and residential homes, the standard door height is 80 inches, which is 6 feet and 8 inches, suitable to a large portion of the population as the average height varies from 5 feet in females to 6 feet in males. The most common wall height for homes is 8 feet. Anthropometry may also impact on space requirements for furnitures and fittings. For example, a bathroom must have enough space to comfortably fit a bath and a sink. A bedroom must have enough space to comfortably fit an average sized bed. An office building must have enough space to fit desks, air conditioning units, communal areas, meeting rooms and so on. Anthropometric data is regularly updated to reflect changes in the population. 
There are two basic areas of anthropometry. Static anthropometry is a measurement of body sizes at rest when using devices such as chairs, tables, beds, mobility devices and so on. Functional anthropometry is a measurement of abilities related to the completion of tasks such as reaching, maneuvering and motion and other aspects of space and equipment use, both of which are equally important to consider while designing a space. Now let's move on to ergonomics. Ergonomics is a process of designing spaces, products and systems so that they fit the people who use them. They focus on physical, mental and psychological factors of human beings to design any space or object that provides comfort and ease to the person using it. Let us focus on an example. You are sitting on a chair next to your desk working on your computer in your office. You spend about 8 hours on average per day at your office minus an hour and a half for lunch and bathroom breaks. You spend at least a minimum of 6 hours being seated in the same spot. If your chair hasn't been designed properly, after an hour or so you will start experiencing back pain and shoulder pain. If your laptop is placed at a lower height, then you bend your head every day to look at the keyboard while typing and end up with neck pain and headaches. If your mouse isn't designed properly, you will end up with wrist pain and bruises from holding your mouse while resting your wrist to the tabletop. These are everyday examples as to how non-ergonomical designs impact us on a daily basis. Small changes like adjusting a monitor to the correct height may prevent neck pain. A simple wrist rest may prevent carpal tunnel syndrome which is caused by a pinched nerve in the wrist. An ergonomic chair may help you support your lower back and prevent you from slouching. An ergonomic desk may adjust to the appropriate height to, so that you can sit up straight and view your monitor at the right level. An ergonomic keyboard may have a small slope on each side that fits your hand position more naturally than a flat keyboard. When multiple ergonomical objects are used together, it creates an ergonomically sound environment. By understanding the anthropometrics of a human body and taking an ergonomic design approach to it, we can create a universal design. Now that we have understood the two most important elements of design, we can move on to the design trends that have been dominating the past year. With the current situation of COVIDs and lockdowns, new trends have been coming up in interior design almost every month since everyone is spending a lot of time at home. These trends result from creating a comfortable space that needs to be multifunctional in nature. The first trend that came up as soon as lockdown started was the need to create workspaces at home or to improve the design and space planning of already existing ones. Due to the lockdown, majority of the world was forced to work from home and this not only involved work but also study from home. A typical family has four members, two parents and two children, all of which require an individual working space of their own since a lockdown. A typical household generally has a single working space like a desk. So when four members need a desk, space for individual working reduces, forcing the others to work or study from a bed or a dining table, which are ergonomically wrong and will lead to health issues. So many people began to create spaces in their homes that would cater to these needs by converting less frequently used spaces such as formal dining rooms, attics, basements, guest bedrooms to home offices. Another trend was do-it-yourself or DIY projects. Since many people spent a lot of time at home and the time spent traveling was cut, a lot of people had more time on their hands and began pursuing DIY projects such as making decor pieces to add personality to their homes. 
DIY projects let you create the exact look that you want and it is nice knowing that you own something that cannot be bought in a store. Nothing adds more personality to your home than doing or creating something by yourself such as photo walls, dream catches, embroidery or handmade wall tapestries. Since everyone started spending a lot of time at home and had very few opportunities to go out, natural light became an important element to include in the interiors of any home. Natural light can make a space look slightly larger and less confining than it actually is. It also seems to bring out a different, more lively look of the colors that appear on the various finishes on the surfaces of furnitures, walls and floors in your home. Besides the visual benefits of natural light, sunlight is also good for your body. It increases your serotonin levels and helps you stay productive. Natural light also helps prevent eyes from getting tired too easily and keeping you awake. Outdoor spaces were another trend that grew in popularity in the past year as it allowed people to venture out of their homes without actually going out and risking infection. Outdoor spaces vary from small balconies to large backyards. These spaces allow people to step out, feel the sun and focus on other hobbies such as gardening which led to an increase in the number of plants owned by an individual. Since people weren't able to go out, these spotted plants worked as a temporary change of scenery from being trapped within four walls. It also provided something beautiful and natural to look at after staring at a screen for hours on end. These were a couple of trends that I noticed happening around me in the past year. Hope you all were able to relate and learn something new. As we near to the end of this podcast, I thought I could share some personal experiences with my learning of anthropometry and ergonomics. In one of my very first classes, we had a small exercise. Our professor gave us half an hour to go around university and collect a leaf and come back to class. Once we were in class, we had to sketch that leaf in our A3 size sketchbook to its exact proportions and dimensions. The purpose of this assignment was to understand the true scale of an object. A scale is used to draw objects that are quite big to sketch on paper with the exact dimensions, such as a human figure or a building. In such cases, the objects are scaled down to a ratio such as 1 is to 100 centimeters so that the object can be drawn on paper while remaining proportional to the real life object. A 1 is to 100 centimeter scale means that for every 1 centimeter drawn on paper is equal to 100 centimeters in real life. The second follow-up of this exercise was that we had to draw at least 5 human figures in motion that we saw around us. This exercise would help us teach a scale and would help us understand the anthropometrics and ergonomics at a basic level. And the last part of this exercise was to work in groups where we would measure a groupmate in various positions such as standing straight, sitting and stretching their arms out. And then we would all work on a single drafting sheet where we would draw our groupmate in these positions in scale using the measurements that were taken. This would give us a good idea and understanding of the space required for a single human being. A piece of advice that I would give for any student is to make sure that you pay attention to all these small exercises that may not seem important at that time, but they do make an impact while designing a space. Thank you for listening to episode 2 of the Design Arc podcast. If you liked it, don't forget to tune in for the upcoming episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any queries or questions, please email us at design.arc.cs at gmail.com.